हेलो एंड वेलकम टू अनदर एपिसोड ऑफ सेकेंड हैंड स्टोरीज दिस इज अ प्लेस वेर आई टेल यू स्टोरीज वॉट काइंड वेल हिस्ट्रीज मिस्ट्रीज एंड अनबिलीव हिस्ट्रीज एंड हियर इज दिस वीक्स स्टोरी In 1957, housed in a jail in UP, is one of India's slipperiest criminals, and he's about to slip out once again. Here's what happens: This guy is able to get a sub-inspector's uniform through an accomplice smuggled into the jail. Then he approaches the cell guards who are outside his cell. He gives them a bribe. This bribe is a briefcase filled with cash. He hands it over to them because over a period of time he has gotten to know them and he knows that they're susceptible to a bribe. As usual, his judgment of character is impeccable. The cell guards accept this briefcase, they open it, they see that it's filled with cash and then they decide to do as he says. they decide to do him a favor the favor is this all they have to do is leave his cell door open when they do that this criminal puts on the sub inspector's uniform and the second he puts it on he is transformed everything about him changes his demeanor his posture the expression on his face suddenly it looks like this uniform had always belonged to him in fact it didn't just belong to him it looks like he has earned it now he walks out of the jail and he confidently strides towards the main gate of the jail he walks so confidently that the guards at the main gate salute him as he walks past meanwhile back at the cell the cell guards have opened the briefcase to go through their bribe and that's when they realized that they've been conned because only the top layer was filled with currency notes underneath it are pieces of newspaper but by then it's too late because the man has vanished the man who has just slipped out of their grasp was india's greatest con man a man known by innumerable names but most famously as mr natwarlal Walt Whitman once said that I contain multitudes. What he meant by that was that every person within them has several personalities and it's from this soup of confusion and contradiction that we are able to streamline some kind of personality that's coherent and consistent. But there are people in society who reject this very notion. They revel in their multitudes. They prance from persona to persona without caring they change their identities like we change our clothes these people are called con artists and they are a very incredible distinct line of criminal they are the only criminal that get called artists and the reason for that is because these people do things very differently while most criminals are okay with using force 
the con artist uses persuasion for them a successful con is where the victim hands over their possessions willingly but the really successful con is where the victim hands over their possessions eagerly and in the history of indian con artists no one did it better than natwarlal natwarlal was born in bihar in 1912 in a village called bangda and back then he was known as mithilesh kumar shrivastav no relation i checked now he was born in this village and curiously enough this village was just a kilometer away from the village of rajendra prasad the man who would go on to become the first president of india now curiously the people in this area revere both men equally but for totally different reasons now a classmate of mithilesh would later reveal that as a boy he was very intelligent but he was more preoccupied with football and chess than he was with his studies and according to legend mithilesh got his start in crime very early on here's how the story goes so in mithilesh's village there used to be a neighbor who was known by his last name and his last name was sahai now sahai would often ask mithilesh to go over to the bank and deposit his bank drafts mithilesh soon realizes that he can very easily and quickly and immaculately forge sahai's signature and turn sahai's account into his personal atm and which is what he does Sahai only realizes what's going on when he finds out that his account has been overdrawn by a thousand rupees. You can imagine how upset he is. He's furious and he storms over to Mithilesh's house. But by then, Mithilesh has absconded and taken with him Sahai's money. He resurfaces in Calcutta, now known obviously as Kolkata, and in Calcutta he is studying commerce. not only that he is also working as a broker in the stock market and at some point he also tries his hand in the cloth business but he is not very successful now in 1937 in calcutta mithilesh would stumble upon his first con here's what would happen there is a street in calcutta called metcalf street and on metcalf street there had been left 9 tons of iron Now these 9 tons of iron were basically iron joints that had been left on the street possibly for construction purposes. Now while most people passed it by and they looked at this heap of iron and they thought that it was nuisance or junk, Mithilesh spotted an opportunity. Here's what he did. He forged a fake document saying that he owned this 9 tons of iron and then he sold this to a buyer. When the buyer arrives at metcalf street with trucks to take his iron away that's when he finds out that he doesn't own the iron and mithilesh definitely did not own the iron now the buyer goes to the cops he files a complaint and the cops eventually track mithilesh down arrest him and he spends 6 months in jail at the end of the 6 months he comes back out and he resumes his career in crime but this time he would go down a more dark and dangerous path what he starts doing is a thing called prostitute poisoning 
Here's what he would do. He would engage a prostitute, he would spike their drinks, and when they were unconscious, he would steal their possessions. Now, police catch wind of this as well, and eventually he's arrested. But somehow, he wriggles out of this as well. But he deems this line of work too risky and dangerous, so he pivots. But he doesn't pivot away from crime, just to a different type of crime. He goes now towards a little more railway-themed conning. Now, there are several factors that go into making this con man. And here they are. Mithilesh's father used to be a station master in the railways. And that meant that Mithilesh had a good knowledge of how the railways functioned and especially the railway freight section. Now, freight obviously is the cargo and the goods that are transported by train. Now, through the stock market and the studying of commerce, he knew the banking system pretty well. And he was a good imitator of people, uh, immaculate forger of documents. And all of this, coupled with his complete lack of morals, formed a cocktail out of which came out a consummate con man. Now, here's what he does. He begins by doing very small cons and all of these cons would be centered around the railway freight office. Now, to understand this, we have to understand a little bit about the freight system. Here's how it worked. So, freight or cargo was transported by trains from one point to the other. Now, at the second point, a recipient would come and take their goods by showing a release order. The goods that had not been taken off the trains would be sent to a freight office and there they would be released upon showing the order. So here's what Mithilesh would do. He would walk in confidently into the freight office and have a good look at the goods. Whatever caught his eye, he would then return the next day with a fake release order for that item. And in this way, he picked up a harmonium, a Benz engine and a box of screws. Now, these are obviously very small cons, but it gave him the confidence to try bigger and bigger railway-themed cons. Now, here's what he would do next. He started putting bags onto trains and paying the minimum transport fee. Then, what he would do is he would make these fake documents saying that he has put sugar and other valuables onto these trains. He would then take these documents and sell them to buyers. Buyers would buy these goods up and would land up at the station. The train would roll in and of course there would be bags on the train. But when the buyers would open these bags, they wouldn't find sugar or valuables. They would find sand or bricks. This was the original iPhone Kharida or Pathar Nikla scam. Now it's around this time that he earns the moniker Natwar Lal. And here's the story of how that happened. So in the 1950s, there was a textile shortage in India. And particularly, cotton was very scarce. Now because cotton was so scarce, the government had started rationing it out. They would have allotments ready for manufacturers. Now of course, there were several manufacturers who wanted to bend the rules a little bit and get their allotment out of turn. Now this is exactly the kind of atmosphere of greed and desperation that con artists like to exploit. So here's 
what Mithilesh does. He poses as a purchase officer to the textile commissioner of Bombay. And he has an accomplice with him, a sidekick, a Gujarati man called Natwarlal. Now, the two of them posing as the purchase officer and the sidekick would approach manufacturers and promise them to get cotton out of allotment for a large advance. The manufacturers would take the bait, they would hand over the money and Mithilesh and his accomplice would hand them over fake documents and tell them go to the station and collect your cotton. Of course, the manufacturers would reach the station and there would be no cotton to collect. Now, these crimes were so frequent and so notorious that eventually the police catch wind of it and they track the two men down. They are able to arrest Mithilesh, but Natwarlal, the Gujarati man who was his accomplice, he manages to escape. Now, at this point, the police make a mistake. They assume that the man they have caught is Natwarlal. And it was because of this mistaken identity that Mithilesh got the name Natwarlal. It's a name that stuck and it's a name that not only became synonymous with Mithilesh but became synonymous with cheating around the country. During this whole time, Mithilesh is conning people left, right and centre. He's become the scourge of jewellers, bankers and traders. He would plan his cons meticulously. No detail was overlooked. He would forge documents immaculately. It was perfectly done. And he would make sure that whichever role he played, he played it to perfection. He didn't mind spending money to make money as the adage goes. And to give you an idea of this, let me tell you about one other con that he loved to pull. Now, what he would do is he would go to a particular city and he would open a bank account in multiple banks. Next, he would set up an office. In this office, he puts up expensive furniture, populates this office with well-groomed staff and secretaries. Then, he starts getting to know the bank managers. He starts developing a personal relationship and he does this by whining and dining them, by bringing them to the office and showing this lavish office to them. He takes out small loans which he repays very quickly. This builds trust and credibility. And when enough credibility has been built, he asks for a large overdraft. When that overdraft is given, he immediately vanishes. The bank managers are stunned and distraught to notice that this guy has vanished and overnight his whole business with the expensive furniture and the well-groomed staff have all disappeared. Now as he does this, clearly the cons are getting bigger and bigger and more and more and which is why the cops are never far from his life. Now. Over the decades, he would spend a lot of time in and out of jails. Over his lifetime, he would be sentenced to 113 years in jail for several hundred cases across several states in this country. In fact, one cop joked that Natwar Lal has committed crimes in so many states that it's almost like he believes in national integration. Apart from the people who he was conning, 
the other folks who met him took an instant liking to him and this included the cops the very cops who had spent all this time and energy trying to catch him in fact one cop would later recall that he had to keep reminding himself that he wasn't talking to a friend but instead talking to a cunning con artist that's how personable he was he was described as being extremely articulate extremely intelligent and gifted with a sugar coated tongue he made friends easily he spoke languages fluently and he was an excellent judge of character one other cop who would meet him in a lucknow jail would recall some stories of his time there and he would say that as soon as he entered the lucknow jail he shot up the social hierarchy he became the king pin of this jail and he did this purely through persuasion he immediately got to know the higher ups in the jail the senior officials he almost knew them on a first name basis miraculous things would happen just on the power of his influence and persuasion like for example this one time he's kept in solitary confinement and yet mysteriously and miraculously bottles of liquor are turning up in his cell now although he was sentenced to 113 years in jail he would only end up serving 20 of those years and the reason for that was because he kept escaping from jail he famously said that as long as there was even a single corrupt official in jail no bars could hold him back in fact this one time he escapes from a jail makes it all the way to a railway station and then as fate would have it he bumps into a person and the person he bumps into happens to be the dig of the police and that's how he was rearrested he would be caught nine times and would escape almost as many times as you can imagine his notoriety just grows and grows he transforms from just a mere con man to becoming this robin hood figure and this image would be bolstered by several stories one of them is this so one day three cars pull into his village and out of one of the cars out steps natwarlal he's wearing princely clothes and he's put on perfume this perfume is so strong that you can smell it for miles he then puts up a pandal and he gives food to everyone in the village after that he hands over 100 rupees to every single villager and before they can say thanks he's vanished as with any legend the stories get wilder and wilder bigger and bigger soon they escape fact and they turn into myth like for example there are several myths associated with natwarlal people say that he sold the red fort he sold the taj mahal he sold the taj mahal not once not twice but three times he would do this to gullible foreigners by posing as a government official apparently according to one legend he sold the parliament while the mp's were still sitting inside it now you can imagine that with such a larger than life persona and so many stories around him it was just a matter of time that bollywood would decide to make a movie on his life 
एंड दे डिड इन 1979 अ मूवी इज मेड कॉल्ड मिस्टर नटवरलाल स्टारिंग द बिगेस्ट सुपरस्टार ऑफ द टाइम अमिताभ बच्चन हिमसेल्फ वेन बॉलीवुड डिसाइड्स टू मेक अ मूवी ऑन योर लाइफ स्टारिंग अमिताभ बच्चन इट्स अ टाइम फॉर पीपल टू सेलिब्रेट बट नटवरलाल took it as an opportunity to con again he would claim that he extorted 3 lakh rupees from amitabh bachchan himself for withdrawing a defamation case that he was going to put on the movie he was going to put this case because according to him they were distorting his life and to be fair if you see that movie he's probably right while the legend kept growing reality was very different as time passes natwar lal's crimes become smaller and smaller as age catches up with him he is no longer selling monuments he is now stealing watches now this is a story from the latter part of his life and it embodies a crime that he would repeat many times now here's how the story goes so there is a watch shop in kanot place in delhi and in this watch shop walks in natwarlal he is wearing a crisp white shirt and trousers and he walks in confidently goes up to the counter and meets the owner of the watch shop the owner's name is surendra sharma he goes up to surendra sharma and introduces himself as dn tiwari personal assistant to the then union finance minister nd tiwari now you can see that he's slipping a little bit it's a little sloppy right the fact that dn tiwari is the assistant to nd tiwari just sounds like it's a little first thought so anyway he goes up says that he is dn tiwari secretary to nd tiwari and nd tiwari is going to hold a meeting and he wants to give each member of this meeting a watch and he asks surendra sharma if he is willing to sell him those watches surendra sharma absolutely agrees and he tells him why don't you come back the next day the next day a chauffeur driven car stops at the watch shop and from this car steps out natwarlal he walks into the shop and he says are the watches ready surendra sharma says they are he says well give it to an assistant and have him come with me i will hand him a bank draft from my residence so the assistant takes 93 watches gets into the chauffeur driven car and they are driven to north block now if you're not from delhi north block is where the seat of the government is it's where the ministries are the car stops and natwarlal gets out and walks into a building in north block he then comes back out with a bank draft which he hands over to the assistant the assistant is very happy with this whole transaction and heads back to the watch shop he has no reason to be suspicious because he has been driven in a chauffeur driven car to north block where the ministries are and he's seen this man walk into a building walk back out with a bank draft that looks perfect it's only 2 days later that surendra sharma finds out that the bank draft was forged and now he's out of 93 watches worth about 32000 rupees now this would be an mo that Natwarlal would use again and again in city after city until he reaches Bhopal. In Bhopal he tries the same trick. He walks into a watch shop 
asks for some watches and provides a bank draft. But the bank draft is extremely sloppy. It's poorly done and you can see that age is catching up with him. The shop owner in Bhopal sees this bank draft and sees it for what it is. A poor imitation, a bad forgery and he immediately rejects it. Now Natwarla leaves the shop but the shop owner calls the police. The police arrive and they are able to nab Natwarlal as he was leaving in an auto rickshaw. Now the man that they've caught doesn't look anything like the dashing criminal who was played by Amitabh Bachchan in the 1970s. He looks very, very different. The man that they've caught is an old man, a man with a wrinkled face, a man who can't even stand up without the support of a walking stick. He's rambling, he's incoherent. He seems close to the end. Now, as they look at him, the police are extremely wary. They're alert because they know that this guy has slipped out of their grasp so many times. They see him and they think that this whole helpless old man act is nothing but an act. Maybe he's trying to pull another con. And they would not be wrong. Because the wily old con man has one last trick up his sleeve. In 1996, Natwar Lal has spent a significant time in jail and his health is deteriorating. It's gotten so bad that he demands medical attention and which is why he's taken to the All India Institute of Medical Sciences or AIMS, which is the biggest hospital in Delhi. Now he's taken there by two cops and a junior official. And he's in such a bad state that he's being wheeled around in a wheelchair. Now it's at New Delhi station that the cops leave him with the junior official because they have to return the wheelchair. Now when he's with the junior official, he makes a request. He asks this junior official to get him some tea. This poor old man just wants a cup of tea. The official obliges and when he returns with the tea, Natwarlal has vanished. Now his brother would claim that Natwarlal died in 1996 and he was cremated in that same year. However, in 2009, his lawyer comes to the local administration and he says that his client, Natwarlal, aka Mithilesh Kumar is finally deceased. And the officials can't believe it. How did a man who died 13 years ago somehow manage to die again? And so, even in death, Natwarlal would provide no straight answers. And that is the story of India's greatest con man, Natwarlal. 
I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, then please leave a like and a comment. If there are other stories that you'd like me to cover, then also leave them in the comment section below. As usual, every single episode of Second Hand Stories is shot in front of a live audience. All of these people are exactly who they say they are. And if you too would like to be a part of the live recordings, all you have to do is become a member of the channel. That's it from this episode. Until next time. Take care and bye-bye.